This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Alright me Maras, how's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Skelly. This is episode 16 and as we always love to do, let's start the show off with some great times and a good laugh with the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army There's more and more going into those every single week. If you ever listen to the old Ricky Gervais podcasts with uh, Stephen Merchant, Carl Pilkington, he used to have a segment called Chimpanzee That Monkey News. He used to do it. He used to do that. He used to get bigger every time. Every episode he did Monkey News, he used to do the theme even bigger. And I feel like that's the sort of uh, elk that I'm chasing in. Anyway, that's not a joke. I'm going to give you my joke of the week right now. Get ready to laugh. Here we go. Why is Spider-Man so witty and quick with comebacks? Because with great power comes great response ability. Response ability. The ability to respond better. Do you see it? That's why he's so witty. Oh, it's a good joke this week. It's a good joke this week. And do you know what? I can't take credit for it, unfortunately. It was sent to me. My first ever joke that has been emailed to me. I'm so happy to have my first joke. Unfortunately, there wasn't really any information that came with the joke other than an email address which contained a first name and a last name. So I want to say thank you to Greg. Um, and I don't feel comfortable giving away your second name, mate, because I don't even give away my second name on the show. So uh, thank you very much for Greg for sending me an email with that joke. I found it hilarious and I hope the rest of the viewers enjoyed it as well. So that is done and dusted. The joke of the week is done for another week and we have been promised a little bit of a leak when it comes to who our guest is. Our interviewee, our ex Pro that we have interviewed and is recorded and will be released over the summer. Would you like to know who it is? Well, I'm not telling you this week, I'm afraid, but I will give you a hint at the end of the show. Today's show is a bit different because for the first time since I can 
remember, uh, we only have one game to talk about. And also, I have a brand new shiny guest for everybody to enjoy. We have Jack, who joined us from a Carlisle United fan page called the CUFC Stand. He's going to tell us all about that in just a couple of seconds. And uh, yeah, I think it was a really good episode. I was a little bit worried that I wouldn't have enough to talk about with only the one game. So we've done a... Uh, well, how do you call it? A season best 11, I think, is how you summarise it. Uh, the sort of Carlisle United's best players this season's sort of starting lineup. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to discuss that. We're going to debate a little bit about that. And it's going to be a good show for everyone to listen to. But first, we're going to tackle the match report about the late Norient game. That was 3 2 to Carlisle. That was a good last minute win. It was a good game to watch if you're a neutral I suppose as a Carlisle fan it was a bit up and down but there we have it Um, and there's no point in me waffling on on my own about it because it's not episode one or five or anything between those numbers when I used to do this podcast all on my own this is episode 16 of the Blue Army podcast and I have a great guest for you so let's crack on with the show, let's do a little bit of boom boom. Is that boom boom? That's how it normally sounds, isn't it? Boom boom, and then we'll jump into the match report. Ready? Boom boom. I bet you won't tell the difference. Well, this is episode 16 of the Blue Army podcast, and today I am thrilled to announce that I have a brand new shiny guest for my listeners. It is Jack. Jack, mate, Hello, how are you mate. getting on? Welcome. I'm good, mate. How are you? I am great, mate. I'm great. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, I um, found you because I think you added me to a group chat on Instagram, which is a lot of uh, fan pages involved. I don't think my listeners necessarily have a great grasp on what an Instagram fan page might be and why somebody might start something like that. Um, Can you just go on and explain a little bit about the page? Uh, well, basically, it was just a, a thing between me and a few mates. It started off as a joke, really. We weren't going to take it seriously. Um, but then after about a week of doing it, I, I got really into it and it just took off from there. Nice. <laughs> so how long has it been going for? Uh, I think I started it in about um, October, November last year. So not not too long now. So is it just you and another fella that does it, is it? Uh, yeah, it's me and my friend Owen from school, yeah. Nice. Well, that's a shout out for Owen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can tick that one off the box. Now, is it just <laughs> is it just Instagram that you've got, or is it uh, have you got like um, a Twitter that you like to use? There's a there's a Twitter which is just the um the same out as the Instagram, but um I don't really use the Twitter. That's more just Owen. But um, okay, yeah. Uh, what's the uh, just just to clarify for everybody listening? What is the exact name and spelling and and that uh, kind of the thing? Instagram is at um, the CUFC stand. Uh, Owen came up with the name, but yeah, I like it. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure because I've, I've seen it written down, and it was like, does it mean CUFC Street and? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I wasn't quite sure when I saw it written down. So I'm glad you've uh, you've clarified that one for me, yeah. right, mate? What I normally do is that I open up with the uh, the Carlisle United lineup, and then we'll end up divulging into a bit of a match report from there. All right, right so you're ready? Right, you're strapped yeah. in? Yeah, I'm all good. Beautiful. Well, here we go. This is the Carlisle United lineup for the game we played against Leighton Orient on Saturday. We had Magnus Norman in goal, Tanner, Hayden, Anderton and Armour across the back line, Riley and Guy in the sort of anchoring roles in the midfield. 
Coyote, Alessandra and Patrick were playing a little bit higher than those guys. And then we had Zanzala up front. Um, now, obviously, the formation is under a lot of scrutiny at the moment. Is it a 4-3-3? Is it a 4-2-3-1? Is it a 4-5-1? Like, nobody seems to really um, be able to pin down exactly what Carlisle United are doing at the moment when it comes to tactics. There's a lot of injuries in the team. Um, were you surprised not to see some of the youth lads get a chance? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of thought we've got nothing to play for. Why not give them a chance? Uh, Dickinson especially. Uh... There's, there's all the others, but I don't know. I think we didn't have much to play for. I think Beat should have really gave them a chance, but I also see why he didn't, because obviously he wants to get a, a good end to the season that you can take into the hopefully into the next season. Hopefully we'll get to see them next Saturday. Mm. The game didn't start very well for Carlisle, to be completely honest. We were slow off the blocks and it only took three minutes for a ball to come over the back line. Anderton can be at fault, I would say, here. Um, he was under pressure. Connor Wilkinson is a very similar player to Ofren Zanzala. He's big, he's powerful, he's quick, and he's looking to take the ball off the last defender if he gets the opportunity. And that's exactly what happened. He finished really well. It's Anderton's fault again, surely. What do you think about that goal? Um, the, whole, the whole start of the game just was a mess for both teams, really. But the, the ball over the top, I, Anderson just, I, I don't know what he was doing, to be honest. Uh, the, in my opinion, the whole defence was a shambles the whole first half. Wilkinson was, I, I rated Wilkinson in that game, to be fair. I thought he was quite decent. Yeah, I think he had a very good game. He was probably the standout player for the opposition. Yeah. I can't even put it into words. Just watching that first half was just shocking. I didn't know what I was watching. It was just awful. It was poor, mate. It was really poor. So, obviously, uh, we went down 1-0 very early on. Anderton's defence, again, suspect, very slow, very casual. Carlisle don't have anything to play for, fair enough, but that was just a howler. Late Orient were looking very comfortable on the ball after that, and maybe too comfortable because it wasn't uh, that long after the goal that they were just casually passing the ball around the defence and Carlisle put some pressure on them. Like I've mentioned, Zanzala's game and Wilkinson's game being very similar, Zanzala took the ball off the last man and went made his way towards the goal and was brought down by the same person he won the ball off and Carlisle had a penalty. Jack, do you remember much about this first Carlisle United penalty? Can you talk us through uh, God, I don't, I don't know what was going through Zanzala's head. Um, the commentator, I think it was Lumsden, just said just to smash it. And I, I fully agreed with him, but he just seemed to roll it bottom corner with nothing on it. And the keeper just had an easy job. I don't know what's going on with Carlisle United's penalty takers, to be completely honest, because I would put Callum Guy on the penalties because the one yeah. thing that his game is missing is goals. And if he can put like four or five goals on his CV at a season, we've got a quarter of a million asset there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I love Callum Guy. I think he's our standout player this year. He's been... He's a Rolls-Royce. He really is, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, been, it's been very impressive this season. Very impressive this season. But um, yeah, the penalty from Zanzala was just incredibly lacklustre. There was no power on it. And I think Carlisle's rules when it comes to penalties seems to be if you win the penalty and you want to take it, then you get to take the penalty because obviously later on in the game, Alessandra went down and he stood up and he took his penalty. And in, in, in the previous goal, Alessandra scored a couple of weeks ago. It, he was the man that went down for the penalty as well and stood up and scored his own penalty. So 
how do you think that as a policy is for penalty takers? Because I think you need consistency. I think there needs to be one person who stays behind training with a bag of balls and takes 20 penalties, you know, at least once or twice a week. And he's your designated penalty taker, but doesn't seem to be the way. Fully agree with you there. It's got, yeah, with the consistency. It's, uh, it's either Callum Guy or Luis Alessandro. Just like you said, for Callum Guy's goals, that'd help him and probably end up making us some money. And I, I rate Luis Alessandro's penalties. He's obviously scored those two in the last couple of weeks. And that uh, the one against Orient was a, a good pen. His penalties are very crafted. They're very well taken. He, he obviously picks his spot. And the way he takes a penalty is just very hard for a keeper to save it's down it's low it's in the corner it looks very well practiced I just I'm not sure what Carlisle United are trying to do with the way that they choose the penalty takers maybe it's a momentum thing because you know it's, it's it's in the moment and they believe that that person's got the most confidence to take the penalty but even if you had a designated penalty taker that man would have all the confidence in the world to step up at any point of the 90 minutes and and score a penalty now um, going back I just to that w- penalty thing though uh, yeah, sorry, go on. one sec it's just um, I kind of I can see why he's getting out with um like obviously wins it takes it because it may be a player like Amari Patrick who doesn't get that many goals he can win the pen and get himself a goal which maybe is a confidence boost but I, I don't know I think we do need consistency absolutely mate I, I, I agree with your consistency I agree with myself and I agree with you <laughs> yeah we had our penalty chance and it was only a few minutes later when Orient had a penalty chance of their own, which was saved by Norman. They're awarded a penalty because Norman apparently fouled the attacker. It would have been a very minimal amount of contact to take him down. It was obviously the momentum, a slight trip. I think the attacker was looking to, to, to go down anyway, uh, regardless of contact or not. No cards given on this occasion and if you're following the letters of the law Norman's the last man there surely and that's that, that that's 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 a send it off in, in my account I'm a Carlisle United fan before anyone starts pondering but to be completely fair that's a send it off isn't it don't you think I mean yeah in the rules of the book it is a sending off but I'm obviously glad he didn't get sent off because I rate Norman obviously saved the pen but I don't know. The, the Orient pen was just a bit weird to me. Obviously, the no sending off. And I, I, I honestly thought it was a bit soft for the player to go down, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Very soft. Um, he was looking to go down from the second that he got through one goal. Norman visibly frustrated the fact that he went down so easily, but also didn't do a lot in the way of protesting. So I've, there probably was contact yeah. or contact enough. I think Norman was probably sheepish because he was thinking there might be a card coming. Um all I can really say about there being no cards there is that there was three penalties in this game and there wasn't a card for any of the challenges, for any of the penalties. So at least there's consistency, even if it is poor refereeing, at least it's a consistent referee. That's that's really all I can give credit for this referee, yeah. to be completely honest. Yeah, I, I, I be- really didn't like this ref. Yeah, better than Trevor just, Kettle. Yeah. <laughs> Any comments on the ref, sorry? I don't, I don't know. He just made a, bit, a few, well, way too many silly decisions. And it always seems to be the case with Carlisle. Every game I watch, there's always a dodgy ref or some dodgy decisions made. I don't know, maybe I'm just being biased. but <laughs> I do have to check myself sometimes to make sure I'm not being biased. And you, Honestly, mate, you're not. 
You're not, you're yeah. not, you're not, you, you're seeing what you're seeing with your eyes and it is just awful refereeing. Every set of supporters in this league has been done over by a referee this season multiple times just because it's a very low standard of refereeing. A couple of weeks ago, Will, who's one of my uh, sort of co-hosts slash most regular guests, pointed out that the VAR system, the VAR system has taken a lot of the referees from this level and pushed them into the screening rooms in the Premier League. And that's why there's a lack of decent experienced referees at our level now, because they've all sort of shot up the league and they're doing that job because it, it's an easier job to do, I suppose. And it probably pays a little bit more. It's like with the, uh, the ref on the weekend, I can't even remember his name. Um, uh, the, the commentator mentioned it as well, that he'd never saw him ref. And I, last season, I could you know recognise a few of them from previous games. I, I don't seem to recognise any of these refs anymore. No, I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know if they're coming up from non-league or I, I, I just genuinely don't know. It's a very no poor standard of refereeing for a professional game. But um, Norman, what a save. What a save from Norman on that penalty, buddy. It was it was a well-taken penalty, quite similar to uh, the Alexandro we're going to talk about a little bit later. It was strong. It was low. It was powerful. It was better than Zanzala's strike. And Norman put a really strong hand to it and pushed it wide. Now, Norman, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, and I've also had a lot of criticism for it as well. Norman has a two-year deal. Norman is going to be here next year, guaranteed. He signed a two-year deal at the start of last season. And um, Farman has been offered, I believe, an extension. And up until this point, I don't have any news on the fact that he's agreed to sign it or what his plans are going forward. But it looks like Norman is being given these opportunities in the last two games. And I would probably say he's going to play the next game as well because he is going to be the number one Carlisle United goalkeeper next year because Farman's probably going to get stolen by somebody and paid an extra 500 to 1,000 pounds a week to sit on the bench or push their starting goalkeeper. You know, that, that's just my opinion on that one. Do you think Norman's going to be the number one next year? Do you think Farman's going to sign? I think Would he, you like Farman to sign? I really like Farman. I, I rate Farman uh, very highly, but I also rate Norman. So, he, you know, it's a win-win, really. But two great keepers. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind Norman starting, but I prefer Farman. Uh, just from watching the games in person, Farman's one of the loudest players on that pitch. You can hear every word he says. Yeah. And uh, he's a great keeper as well. Yeah, he's vocal. He's very vocal. He's a great leader. Um, he would be. A, he would be a good sort of a captain, vice captain sort of character. But I just think that because his stats are so strong, he's got offers. I feel like he's got some offers in the bag. I really do. And um, I think Chris Beach knows he's got offers in the bag as well. Because why else would you be giving Norman these these last two starts? You know. Um, but. Yeah. That's uh, that's by the by. We're never going to know anything until some news gets released. So it's still only 1-0 to late Norians. Uh, we've had two penalties and a goal from open play in the third minute. So it's been quite an exciting 25 minutes to half an hour of League Two football. Pretty good game. Then uh, Patrick, Omari Patrick, who I thought was having a good game, he won as a corner. Obviously, Super Callum guy steps up to take the corner. The corner goes towards the back post. I believe it was Hayden that heads it back across goal to the near post. And then we Coyote. have JJ. Um, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, then, yeah, it was, yeah. then it was JJ who headed the ball into the path of John Mellish. And um, 
just a dead-eyed finish, wasn't it? A very well-taken goal. What did you think of the uh, the corner routine there? It looked very well organised, the ball, over, obviously, over to Hayden. And uh, JJ's knockdown to, to John Mellish was was great. I loved that. The, the finish was great as well. It was a very well-taken finish. Uh, it was dead-eyed. He's deadly in the six-yard boxes, old John Mellish, isn't he? Yeah, he's a big man as well. So, you know, he can get himself into the space. Um, he seems to he, be uh, yeah. rubbing some late Orient midfielders the wrong way throughout the game. Yeah, he, he did see. Yeah, he, he he's a bit of a hothead at times, which is what something I like because it kind of adds passion to the game. Well, yeah. the uh, yeah, the only reason we ended up seeing Mellish on the pitch is because unfortunately, Ozzy Zanzala was injured after 22 minutes of play, which massively would have altered Carla United's game plan going forwards. What did you think when Zanzala went down with that injury? What, 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 would, what would you have done with the team there? How would you have changed things around? I honestly wouldn't have changed a thing. I just, the Mellish coming on was the, the right idea for me. We needed someone who can obviously get goals and knows what he's doing in the midfield and obviously going forward. But I was I was very confused when Zanzala went down. He didn't seem to pick up any knock. Not sure what happened. Pulled muscle or something along those. I mean, I hope it was only a pulled muscle and nothing more mm. serious than that. And we'll hopefully get to see him next week in some shape or form. But also, I'd like to see Chedwin, uh, Chedwin Scott start next week as well, uh, just to see yeah. if he can get a, a 60 minutes and see what he can do. Mellish got the goal. It's 1-1. And I was going to take that going into half time. I was quite happy with how things were going, but that wasn't to be, unfortunately. Uh, we had five minutes of injury time added to the first half, which was fair enough because we had all those penalties and, and the injury to Zanzala. So it was a bit long, but five minutes of injury time is what we had. And it only took Leighton Orient three of those minutes to take the lead again. Uh, this time, a bit of a different move down the other channel, back over the Carlisle United's defence. There was a long ball over the Carlisle United defence and Norman did well with it. It ended up at, I believe it was Hayden's feet. Hayden didn't really know what to do with it, looked to play the ball back to Norman and it was the back pass that left them in no man's land. One touch by Kemp, round the goalkeeper, well finished. Disappointing, buddy, wasn't it? Disappointing it, to see us just give another goal away in that fashion for Hayden to do a bad back pass. I think it had a bobble, so that took the momentum out of it. But still, that's no excuse for such poor defending. What do you have to say about that? I, it took a bobble, but it was a weak pass anyway. It, you know, it barely had anything on it, and then the bobble obviously affected that more. And you, you can't really put any blame on Norman because obviously he just came out to play the, the totally normal pass out to Hayden. Which, yeah. you know, Hayden should know what he's doing with that. But it's a total lack of concentration, really. It did seem to be a lot of the Carlisle United backline were already on holiday, maybe a little bit. You know, the job's been done. We're not going up. We're not going down. And they were a little bit too casual for me. Anderton, obviously, being casual for the first goal. Um, I want to mention, though, just a little side note. After the first goal, um, before anything else happened, Anderton did clear an effort off the line, which was very good. Quite reactionary. He had his back to the ball and the striker hit it and he had to sort of turn and clear off the line. That was impressive. I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't want to just slate Anderton all game long. But the back line was at fault for both of these goals. The goalkeeper was just in no man's land. Really unlucky, really unfortunate. Too casual from Hayden. But it's not the first time this year that he's done it, is it? No, it's not. He's, he's you know, he's made a few mistakes this year. But um, on I think... 
not to put any fault on Anderton again, but it's it's that Anderton Hayden partnership. They don't really work well together, and that game made me realise how big of a miss um, Reese Bennett actually is to the back line. I'm not sure what's going on with Reese Bennett's injuries. Uh, obviously, he came back into the side, then he limped back off like two games later, unfortunately. So we've just got this improvised back line. I don't think Anderton, after the three games that we've now got to see him at centre back is a centre-back or is ever going to be a great centre-back. And I really hope that we stop trying to play him at centre-back. I would rather maybe have Mellish go back into his, because that was his natural position when he signed for the team, was was centre-back. And we're not asking him to do it forever. I'd like to see him given an opportunity back there, because also he's a very vocal player. And with Norman in goal and Farman not there, you need another sort of like vocal person in that back line to take control because it's a very young back line when you're thinking about Tanner, Armour. Um, Hayden hasn't got lots of experience, to be completely honest. He spent a lot of his years playing reserve team football, but it's just not, it's, it's not great. I know it's because of lots of injuries. I know it's not what we would normally have, but it's, it's just doesn't fill you with confidence, this back line. doesn't, um, but the, the two fullbacks, I really like Jack Armour and um, Josh Tanner. I think yeah. I think they're great players, and it's it's annoying because I like Anderton too, but he hasn't got the pace to play on the fullback and centre back. He's a bit shaky, but I I'd like to see him kind of try his best to improve at centre back because I feel like obviously he hasn't got the pace to play out on the wide wide sides. Um, but I'm not sure. You just wouldn't sacrifice him for Armour or Tanner, would you? You just if you had Armour and Tanner fit, you're going to play them both because they've had cracking seasons and they are very quick. Um, I did think Anderton would be good when he went at centre-back. I think he had a good 45 minutes in the last game. Good's not consistent. And yeah, I mean, maybe he'll get better. Maybe he'll get better. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. But I don't think that's his future going forward, unfortunately. I feel like when certain people get fully fit again, Anderton's going to be struggling to get a game if uh, if he's here next season, after all. Uh, he really will struggle, obviously, if, if Bennett stays, which I, I hope he does because he's been, again, one of our standout players. But um, that Hayden and Bennett partnership is just uh, too strong to replace, I'd say. And obviously the two fullbacks, if they're fit, you wanna you wanna have them go forward. They can put they can both put a good ball in. Tanner's got decent shooting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll get onto that one a little bit later. And I think Armour's got quite cultured crossing as well. I think he's he's quite a natural uh, sort of like winger. Uh, fullback. He likes to get forward a little bit now. I think he's had a bit of instruction this season to get forward and then maybe stick a couple of balls into the box. And he's also looking like he's allowed to linger around um, after penalties and free kicks and stuff are taken. Same with Tanner, because you see maybe once or twice a game, Tanner and Armour getting in those positions to strike one from outside the area. Talking about striking one from outside the area. Just before the second half whistle did eventually go, Carlisle were 2-1 down. Because the injury time was so long, there was enough time for JJ to get forward and hit the upright. JJ was having a, a pretty good game all in all. He had a, he had an assist for the goal and then obviously hitting the upright a couple of minutes later. How did you feel his performance was in the first half after losing Zanzala? Um. I thought he was one of our better players. I didn't really rate the whole team uh, the first half, but I thought JJ was one of our better players. And obviously he did a great job covering the whole left by Zanzala. And I personally think JJ is going to be a big miss because I think he'll go back to Rotherham and want to be pushing for a first team spot there. Yeah, it does seem to be the uh, the way forward for him is that he's obviously signed that big 
uh, was it three to four year contract at Rotherham now? And so, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel like he's uh, Rotherham are looking like they're going to be on the way down into League One and they're going to want somebody with energy, with uh, dog determination, somebody who wants to be playing in their first team. And I feel like he's going to be relied on for Rotherham next year. And um, it'll be good to see how he does from afar. <laughs> yeah, say we saw it with Jerry Yates a couple of years ago, he came from us, went back to Rotherham. And he, he's been amazing ever since. He was amazing in the Carlisle shirt as well. He was, one, he he was, was probably yeah. the last lone player I got feelings for. <laughs> it, it was um, it was it was like towards the end of the season. It was him and Callow Hare. They were the two lone players. They were great. I loved them. <laughs> they were they were great inspirations for the side. They were they were, I don't feel like we've made enough of the lone market this season. But maybe we've just been unlucky. Maybe and um, obviously JJ's been. He's had two injuries this season. The first one took him out for about four games and the second one was quite recent and took him out for about six. So they're quite lengthy injuries and they can definitely stutter and, and stop your season and stop your momentum. And uh, it was just unfortunate. And then mix that with the fact January was just a washout for us. He's, he's had a very stop-starty season. I think it's hindered him this year, unfortunately. Uh, the potential that he could have had this year, I think he would have easily got into uh, well over double figures in goals if, if he didn't have such a stop-starty term. Yeah, but it, it didn't really give him the chance to shape into the team, obviously, with all the injuries. He's in and out. and It it, it does really affect the player's season, having loads of injuries like he did. We went into half-time just after JJ hit the upright from outside the area. As far as the first 45 minutes go, it's 2-1. It's not been an amazing game. We've got not that much to play for. And I always try to think of what a match is like for a neutral to watch. And I would imagine that that first half was really good and entertaining for a neutral fan. But as far as a Carlisle United fan goes, mate, what did you think of the first half? Oh, it was it was shocking. It was just, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know what I was watching. It felt like watching a basketball game. So back and <laughs> forward all the time. It was. Honestly. The, uh, the second yeah. half kicked off pretty much in the same way, to be completely honest. It was... A lot of blocks, a lot of poor touches, a lot of tackles uh, until Joe Riley picked the ball up and smashed it from about 25 yards out and hit the crossbar again. He seems to get one of these almost every game. Um, We just want one of them to go in, don't we? It's a great inspiration. It always lifts the team. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate for Joe Riley because he uh, I can't remember who it was against, but it was when fans were still allowed in the stadium. It was just, he had this cracking volley, uh, went top guy. He just came on as a sub. So we know he can hit them, and it's just a shame that all his shots hit the bar. This is further further bad luck for the Cumbrians, unfortunately, or at least for uh, for Joe Riley's goal tally this season. But it did seem like that shot spurred Carlisle on because it was only five minutes later when um, player slash interim boss is Joby McCathan. Oh, I, can't, I can't pronounce it, mate. Joby, yeah, Joby no McCathan. Something like jo- Jobby McCaffin, some- something along those lines, brought down Louis Alessandra in the area. Now, it was a bit of a stupid challenge and uh, not one that you would expect from such an experienced player. But I'm not going to complain. Carlisle got the penalty and Alessandra did really well with the penalty. Do you- what were your uh, memories of the equaliser? Um, well, going back to the challenge, I'm surprised there wasn't actually a card given. Uh, it was mm. just, it was, it was a bit reckless. And obviously from a player with his experience, you wouldn't expect it. But the penalty itself was great. Uh, he put it bottom corner, plenty of power out of the keeper's reach. Perfect penalty, really. 
Yeah, I would say perfect penalty. It's, if a goalkeeper guesses the right way and still can't save it, perfect penalty. Yeah, exactly. Fully agree. Fully agree. So for me, that's 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 our penalty. I mean, he scored the most penalties for us this year. Uh, Carlisle this year, I think before the game, we only had three penalties given to us all season. Alessandro scored one of them uh, already. But it's been one of those years where we haven't really been getting the look with penalties. And then all of a sudden in a game, we get two in the same game. But, you know, that's that seems to be Carlisle's season this season. Just an all-round weird one. But there we go, 2-2. Carlisle United, uh, 55 minutes in. So there's still lots and lots of football to play. And um, optimism's looking up for me. But the quality of the game didn't get any better after the goal, unfortunately. Uh, the, the game, it was it was weird after the second half because it was there was like about five-minute patch where you think, oh, it might pick up a bit. And then it went straight back to what it was like in the first half. And it was oh, frustrating <laughs> to watch. It really was. That was exactly it. <laughs> there was like five minutes of decent football. And then yeah. it went straight back to just like pinging it around the midfield between people's shins and poor chest control. And oh, mate, it was, I don't, I, I hate using the phrase a classic League Two encounter, but <laughs> it was a classic League Two encounter. <laughs> <laughs> It's something um, Carl I'll need to, to work on going into the next season is just to, to lay off the long balls because a lot mm. of them are coming from like the, the likes of players like Nick Anderson and Aaron Hayden, where it's not really a long ball. They're just smashing it forward and hoping it's nothing really comes off it. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be enough. Co- I mean, obviously, again, we're not playing for anything. So therefore, instead of looking for the person you're supposed to pass the ball to, they're just smashing it long, maybe because... Yeah. I feel like when we went through the losing period, that was happening all the time in every game. When we went through that really poor patch of form this season, they were just hitting the ball forward and hoping that we could that, that somebody would get on the end of it. And it was really poor. And when we were going through the really good period, what they were actually doing was looking for Riley and looking for Guy. And they were the guys that were playing the long balls over the top. But... Mm. They're just skipping that and they're just trying to play the long balls through on their own. And they don't necessarily have those passes in the locker, but obviously somebody like Guy, that's who they should be looking to give the ball to. And then he should be looking to feed in the strikers. But it doesn't seem to be the way things have gone uh, in this game, unfortunately. Ethan Walker came on in the 60th minute and I couldn't feel any more sorry for a lone player that hasn't had the opportunities to prove how good he really is. And I think on this afternoon, that all came to a head and we all saw exactly what Ethan Walker thinks of Chris Beach um, after he was substituted off about 25 minutes after being substituted on. What are your thoughts on what happened to Ethan Walker on this afternoon? I mean, you can't help but feel sorry for him, really. Uh, obviously, he's he's came through on loan, expecting to obviously get away and get some some game time in a lower league, but he just hasn't got that chance. And um, well, in that twenty minutes he did play, I actually thought he played some decent football. Um, a few a few like little mistakes, but it wasn't nothing major. He had some decent runs. He showed his skill, and and then Beach took him off. I don't know. It was just weird, really, and he went straight down the tunnel, and yeah. Yep, no handshakes. Nah, not happy. Not an happy man. He went straight down the tunnel. And um, 
I don't know what was going on. I don't I don't think he was playing poorly. I don't think that the game plan changed once he came off. It looked like Scott and Walker is a like-for-like swap, to be completely honest. They can both play out wide and they can both play through the middle of the channel. It was just an odd one. I don't know why he did it. And it's it's a player that I would love to see brought in on a free in the summer. And I feel like that's that's just killed it now. I don't think we're going to get that opportunity to bring him in yeah. on a free. I just don't think he was he, he was going to want to come back and go through that kind of thing again. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating to watch Beach do that, obviously knowing that we maybe can get him on a free. It's like, I know Beach maybe doesn't care because he's only a lone player, but he should. He should be trying to build that relationship and maybe attract them back to the club. I was left with scratching my head on that one, unfortunately. And we were getting into around the 86th, 87th minute when that substitute happened. Just before injury time got announced, my heart was in my mouth as Leighton Orient went incredibly close and managed to smash it over the bar from inside the six-yard box, of which I was very thankful for. I'm not sure exactly what sort of happened, to be completely honest, because the ball ended up going out for a throw-in. My eye follow glitched. And it went from that shot on goal to Carlisle having a throw in in their own half near the corner flag. Then there was a big long throw. It was headed on. I mean, do you want to, do do you, do you want to tell everybody what 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 the Carlisle winning goal looked like? Because it was it was oh, something well, nice to see, wasn't it? But it, it got headed on to George Tanner, who took it down beautifully, controlled it well, uh, put it onto his left foot, which obviously is weaker side, and just drills it into that far that far right bottom corner, which was. It was great to see, obviously. I, lo- I love Tanner as a player. He's been one of my favourite players all season. And to see him get a goal and a confidence boost, it, it's great, it's great. We know isn't his stronger foot. It was, yeah. I think it's amazing goal. to have the options that Armour and Tanner can both cover each other if needed to. So if one of them gets injured, the other one can play on the left uh, and, and then Anderton can go into the position wherever he needs to slot in. I think it's really great that they, they, they are both uh, footed players, or at least they're advertised as both footed players, but it was special to see Tanner hit that with his left foot, uh, run the length of the pitch, carry in the ball, uh, play the one-two with Alessandra, or the long one-two, as I like to call it, when uh, when there's a couple of touches involved before it comes back to the player. Just a great finish. One of the better goals I've seen this season when it comes to scoring from open play. Counter-attacking football is always exciting to watch. And what a great way to win the match. It was, it was really fantastic. And um, obviously, like you're saying, you mentioned the other four by Jack Armour. And that Tanner injury about mid-season was a, was a blessing in disguise because it allowed Jack Arms to come into the team and show his worth and it secured him a starting spot for the rest of the season. And the contract going into next season, which I believe it was announced la- uh, during the game that Armour has signed up for next year. Yeah, that's, that's really great to hear. Um, that's a great signing. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic to have a, a player of his quality. And that age, you know, it, it's, it's a very good asset for a League Two club to have. Mm, yeah, it, I, he plays like he's been playing about 10 years <laughs> with his awareness and going forward and getting back. I rate him highly. Yeah, he absolutely does. I feel like he's he's gone through the youth setups and uh, he's obviously had a very good uh, uh, training on his way through because he's he's ready. He's ready and he's only he's only 19 going on 20 and he, he looks ready to be playing week in, week out at this level and probably the level above going into next season if he was given the opportunity. But thankfully, we've got him signed up and he's ours. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, um, it's not going to be another case like Jared Bramthwaite where he went to Everton and he's doing uh, great now for Blackburn in the championship. Obviously, it's frustrating to see because he's our man, he's local, he's from Wigton. But yeah, 
It was going to be impossible to keep hold of uh, young Jared, unfortunately, when, yeah. once Everton came and knocking. And he got the opportunity to play in the Premier League in his first season, didn't he? I think he had like three games in the Premier League. Yeah, he was, on, he was on the bench for the majority of it, which was a lovely to see. It was a bit weird that they loaned him out because they had, uh, they had a couple of injuries in the centre-back position uh, pretty much the same week that he was loaned out. And then um, that, the guy they signed from Watford for like 30-odd million... De- Oh, what's his name? Decor, Decore? Uh, yeah, Decore, the the, Decore. the midfielder. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, uh, like they, they they got a few injuries, and then it it looked like there would have been an opportunity for him if he hung around because I feel like they were moving. Uh, they moved a defender from the defense into the midfield so they could have that anchoring sort of role mm. and uh, put in somebody else into the centre back positions, and that could have been Jared. You know what I mean? That could have been him yeah, yeah. Uh, going forward. But he is having a good time at Blackburn. It looks like he's having a good time. It looks like everything's been forgotten about that high boot a couple of months ago that looked a little bit dangerous. But people need to remember he's only eighteen. Yeah, he's. he's- He's very good for his age. And obviously, you're, you're going to make mistakes when you're coming up as a footballer. But yeah, it's, it's, it is a real shame that he hasn't got the chance to play for Everton properly. But uh, I'm sure next year, Everton have saw his talent and they'll give him a chance. I mean, I really hope so. I've heard rumours that uh, Ancelotti is a big, big fan of his, um, but obviously not big enough to have left him in the squad this year. Um, but moving away from the Everton and uh, Jared Braithwaite saga, um, of which um, if it was anything like the Dean Henderson saga, we'd still be milking it every single week for a bit of money. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, not every deal can be the same. Uh, Carlisle obviously won this game 3-2. It was nice to have a win. It's been a little while since we've won a game. Do you have a man of the match for us? A Foxy's feature man of the match? I'm going to have to say Tana. He was, you know, he, he played well during that awful first half and carried it on to the second half and obviously got himself a goal. I'd have to agree with you. I think Tana was my man of the match as well. The winning goal, obviously, being the uh, icing on the cake from what was a pretty solid performance from Tanner. It's diff- it must be difficult for a player like him to be uh, in the same back line, Hayden and Anderton, and wondering whether or not he can go forward more or he has to stay back and cover. It must be a bit difficult for him to be playing in the side, but he's had a very good season. And on this occasion, I have to agree with you. So George Tanner wins the uh, Foxy's Feature Man of the Match Award from the Blue Army podcast. I bet he's buzzing with that, mate. Yeah, I know. That, that <laughs> award will be going right on top of his shelf, that one. <laughs> That's I think I'm going to get little postcards that I'll just send out to the club with people's names yeah. on them. <laughs> I think they'll enjoy that. That might be a goodie. That might be a goodie going forward. Now, speaking about goodies going forward, last week I started my new segment, okay? And uh, this is going to sound really weird to you. But in the edit, I'm going to put loads of echo and loads of distortion (laughs) on this little feature, okay? Because this is the... (laughs) And uh, your hypothetical question this week is, uh, right, I am putting you in charge of Carlisle United. You, Jack, are the new manager of Carlisle United, you've got one game left for the end of the season. And I would like for you to choose 
your captain. I'm not saying Anderton is, isn't a captain before anyone jumps in the comment section and has a go at me and Jack for maybe potentially picking somebody else to be the captain. But I feel like having a lot of conversations with a lot of different guests, everybody is uh, came to the conclusion that somebody else should be given a go as captain because Anderton can't play week in, week out because of how good Tanner and Armour have been. And when Bennett becomes available again, he's probably going to slot back into that centre-back position and Anderton's going to have a hard time getting into the team. And who wants a captain that can't be consistently in the team? So I feel like I've explained the rules long enough, Jack. Who is your captain? It's tough, obviously, because I, I do rate Anderson as a captain, but I, I'm not sure. I feel like, obviously, he doesn't play week in, week out. Uh, and he does have his shaky games, as shown against Orient. So I, I don't really agree with him being captain at all, to be honest. I, I don't know. But um, if I was manager, I'd probably go with Callum Guy just because of how consistent he is and how up and down he is. And he's, he's also got a strong voice in the team. I'm sure Beach will... Uh, listen to his opinion if he needs a word with him and and it, you know his, his spatial awareness and his technical ability it just really adds to it really super column guy mate all right fair enough fair enough i'll throw a couple of i'll throw a couple of names into the ring um farman might be one because like we both mentioned earlier he's very vocal oh uh, yeah it's i've actually mentioned to a couple of my friends while watching the games that i, I think farman would be a captain um a good captain due to his, his vocal power and how loud he can be on the pitch. Obviously, you hear every word. But Yeah, you do. <laughs> I just I think Callum Guy is, you know, he's everywhere, really. He no, can get right. the messages across. So. Um, another one another one that I was kind of thinking of, um, and I have to say he's, he's not the most consistent of attacking players, but he is consistent in the way that he's normally in the starting lineup, and he puts in a good round and a good shift, and he tries hard every game would be Luis Alessandra I think would be a, a pretty good captain just to sort of lead by example a little bit from the front uh, that, yeah that is a good shout actually to be honest because yeah like he is another player like Callum Guy where he is he's a lot of places on the pitch he doesn't stick to one position so I'm not sure but I, I personally stick with Callum Guy Okay, I couldn't sway you. Fair enough, fair enough. But it was worth <laughs> it was worth having a try. It was worth having a try. And I feel like um, I've warmed myself up for what is coming next, mate. Now, normally on the Blue Army podcast, I say normally, um, for the last 10 episodes, we've had two games every week to talk about. And that has been more than enough to get me past the magic hour mark. Okay, but now, <laughs> because we've gone back to having... One game uh, in a week, I have to come up with some kind of idea to make up those minutes. And so what I've asked from Jack is um, to put together, in his opinion, Carlisle United's best starting 11 uh, of the season. So uh, the best 11 of the season awards, I guess we'll we'll, we'll title it. Um, I have also got my best 11 who I believe have been the standout candidates for Carlisle United this season. Uh, I believe there was only one set of uh, rules, one criteria for the squads going forward was that we would have to use the 4-3-3 formation because that's been the formation that Carlisle have played the most this year. Jack, mate, how did, how did you get on? How did you get on? How did you find it? Did you enjoy it? 
uh, it was tough. It was tough because there's been so many players and that I've liked this year and the, the depth this squad has. It's been very tough to pick, but yeah, I've got my I team. To, yeah, I had to. Um, I had to do a lot of two names in a lot of positions, and then it came down to going on transfermarket.com and finding out who had the better stats. To be completely honest, <laughs> <laughs> to push those guys into those positions. Should we start at the back? Yeah, yeah. That's a good, um, should, am I going first? Yeah. Yeah, you can. So you can go, I go through the whole the whole back five and the uh, yeah the keeper. Yeah, let's go through the whole. Let's go through the whole back five because we might match. You don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So um, in there, I've got Paul Farman, who's mm-hmm. just been consistent all year, and I, I don't think I've saw enough of Norman to put him in the the team of the season. And then uh, the two centre backs have got Aaron Hayden and Reese Bennett, who just on their day have been a just amazing partnership. Really work well together. And obviously the two fullbacks, I've got uh, Tanner at right back and Armour at left back, who we've talked about a lot before, uh, previously, who just, yeah, just two Mr. Consistence, really. They've had great seasons. I'd say Jack Armour has to go down for me as the most improved player in a Carlisle shirt this year. Um, from coming into the side, he's just got better and better every game. He shows, he, he seems to show and add a different skill to his locker every week, whether it be crossing down the line, uh, crossing from deep, uh, cutting inside, uh, hanging in the area, shooting. Uh, Jack Armour's been an amazing player for me. We actually agree on everything when it comes to the back five there. I've also got Farman, Hayden, Bennett, Armour and Tanner in the exact positions that you also have. I feel like it wasn't that difficult to pick Carlisle's most consistent back line this year. It really wasn't. It's just that that, that whole back four on their day when they're all playing together, it's just, they're unstoppable, really. It's hard to get past. They were a solid, they were a solid defensive unit. Bennett is just amazing. He came in for his Portsmouth. He came in from in January. Yeah, um, I didn't know much about him, but obviously he proved his worth, and he's been great ever since. He's got he's got a great background. He's been around a few different uh, professional organisations, and um, if it wasn't for was it an injury that we had to McDonald early on in the season? McDonald got injured in the second game, and uh, that's yes. why we had yeah. to bring in Bennett. So if it wasn't for that injury. Uh, we might have had a very, very different season. Uh, but we were lucky enough to bring him in and an absolute Rolls-Royce of a centre-back. He's got experience. He's coming towards 30 now, I believe. He'll be 30 going into next uh, yes, year. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is a great age for a League Two player because it's pretty much uh, the prime for a defender, you would mm. say. Um, he also, he also um, did some work for um, Charity early on in the season on his Twitch stream. Oh did, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it's nice to see, obviously, players doing stuff for charity and for the community. Obviously, it was a while ago now, but we had the floods and all the players went and helped out. We're, that's what I like about this club. It's a community team. It was. I actually thought around around that time that um, Bennett would make a great sort of a captain. Yeah, he he does have leadership qualities, but it's yeah. He's just got so many aspects to his game that make him a great player. Yeah, an absolute Rolls-Royce in this division. And hopefully, I reckon now he's here. I don't see him going anywhere for three or four years now. I reckon we've we've got him in the bag. I think he likes it up north. And uh, I think he likes the Cumbrians. And we really like him. And he could step up into League One and not look out of place if that's where we end up going. Uh, in the next three to four years. Hopefully, that's where we end up going in the next three to four years. And yeah, I can uh, I can see Bennett becoming quite the uh, the servant, is it? Or the uh, the, the loyalist? 
to uh, to Carlisle. The, yeah, the loyalist to Carlisle, I would definitely say. Uh, at least 100 appearances in his future. I'm going to say it now. At least 100 appearances in Bennett's future in a Carlisle shirt. Midfield free. And I think it's going to be almost the same case as the back line. Let's have a listen. What have you got, mate? Um, so, obviously, defensive midfield role. I've got Callum Guy, but obviously he can, he can move up the pitch as well as coming back. Um, but he's, he's great defensive and attacking. Can't mm. knock him. He's got to be in there. There's no one above him, really. No, there's uh, not. And then for, the other the two, I've got... you need him. Yeah, yeah. I've got John Mellish and Joe Riley. Who obviously, John Mellish, he's got 15 goals in a season from midfield, which is just it's very hard to do. And Joe Riley, he's just a solid player, really. Well, you're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong. Now, I do have the same names, but I haven't gone for the exact same way that you've put the team together. I've put Joe Riley in that uh, defensive position, that anchoring role, because I would like to see Callum Guy get pushed a little bit more forward and then add those goals to his tally because he is such a good player. Um, I feel like he'd be more devastating going forward rather than sitting back so much. But uh, obviously, based on the fact and the way that they've played this season, Guy has sat in the anchoring role very well. He's got a great locker of passes. Uh, He can switch the play to either side of the park. He can play it short. He can play it long. He's not scared to pass back to the keeper. He's not scared to put the ball over the top and make Aussie work for it. And um, he's, he's, he's had a standout season this season, Callum Guy. And he's also signed up for next year. Yeah, it's great to see, really. And um, obviously, we're in a 4 3 3. But it was um, against Orient. I noticed a couple of times the, the players kind of molded into a 4 4 2 with Joe Riley and Callum Guy playing as both an anchoring role and John Mellish kind of joining the attack with Luis Alessandro and obviously Coyote and Patrick out wide, which was great to see that we, we've got that ability to switch in game and have two um, options to play holding midfield. That's true. I mean, I feel like this, this is their first season together. And uh, if they both sign, I'm not sure if Riley signed his extension yet. He's been offered one, but I don't know if he signed it yet. Do you know that one? Uh, no, I haven't heard anything, but I, I really no. hope he does sign because I, I feel that he can really build a, a good relationship with Callum Guy and Mellish. That's it. I always feel like uh, one season's never enough uh, for a team to gel really well. I think like we've had a great season. Them two have had a very consistent year. They've both been in the midfield for the most part and they fought off some very good competition in the shape of um, Thurman, uh, the South African international that was uh, being based at the squad and played quite well for the early part of the season. And also the talents of Dixon and Charters, who they've had to obviously show that they can do more than, train harder than and stay in the team for. So it's not as if it's been plain sailing for the two of them. They've had a lot of competition to compete with this year. And going into next year, you can only imagine them getting better because they've had a year under the belt already. Yeah, it, yeah obviously. I really hope Joe Riley does accept that um, extension. Callum Guy accepted his, didn't he? Yeah, they, right. they said yeah. it on the commentary that he did. That was great to see because um, I could have honestly saw Callum Guy leaving for a bigger club, which would have been fair play because he... I personally think he's better than League Two. He's a, he's a hell of a signing for a League Two side. There, if if he went and we he wasn't replaced with somebody that can really get those set pieces consistent, we would really be struggling next year um, if we didn't recruit very well. Uh, if Guy went, you'd be worried because I would say at least 60% of Carlisle's goals have came from set pieces this season. 
or the mm. result of something from a set piece. And uh, he's the guy that steps up to take the free kicks and he's the guy that steps up to take the corners from both sides of the pitch, um, which can become a grueling task. But yeah, Callum Guy has been a hell of a player, Joe Riley, hell of a player. But what can you say about the goals that John Mellish has scored this year? Like, no one saw it coming. No one. No, literally no one. So I, it was kind of a running joke about John Mellish last season with me and my friends because he, he just seemed to bomb forward with <laughs> with no clue what he was doing. But this season, he, he's been he's been quality. And um, obviously, you said Jack Armour was the most improved. So I'd put John Mellish up there too. I'd say he's up there, mate. I'd say he's up there. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, was it 15, 16 goals this campaign? 15 goals, yeah. That one against Orient took him to 15, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hell of a tally for a midfielder. And um, he's had a great season. Hats off to him. He's had a lot of criticism while he's been at Carlisle, coming from the non-leagues, coming from Gateshead, going from centre-back to centre-midfield. He's had so much criticism i remember when he went on his little goal run and uh, he was announced to be in the first team and the comment section underneath on that particular day was very harsh towards john mellish and i think he scored twice in that game and then went on a hell of a goal run and i've not seen his name mentioned in a comment section in quite a long time since then (laughs) (laughs) it it really wasn't it was a great way just to silence everyone because I will admit when he did come into that team and announce the start, I, was, I wasn't sure on him. I didn't really put much hate onto him, but I wasn't sure on him and he really proved how good he was. He's had a great campaign. So, mate, we have done nothing but agree up until this point. <laughs> and um, I might just throw a spanner in the mix, to be completely honest, and just put a stupid <laughs> name. I just might improve. If you're going to tell me you're front three, and I might just throw a spanner in the mix just to make it more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so over on the right, I've got Amari Patrick, who's, um, see, he was tough to put in there because he's a player that I've maybe been a bit too harsh on over this season. I, I don't know. He just seems to lose the ball a few too many times. But he does show his class at times, and he shows why he's in that team. And I, Yeah, I had to put him in there because there's not many other options. And then, uh, obviously, in the centre, I've got Luis Alessandra, who I believe got double double um double figures again on the weekend against Orient. He got his tally up to double figures. So he's just been great um, to get goals for the club and he's just been solid. He's he's everywhere really. He kind of drops back into almost a false nine position at times. And then over on the left, I've got JJ Coyote, who can swap uh, swap sides with Patrick a lot. And that's something that's um good to see. And obviously Coyote's throw-ins. Is something that Carlisle have been missing ever since Danny Granger left the long throw. Um, but yeah, the attack's been decent all year, so I can't really, can't really fault it. Okay, okay. Well, there is a difference. There is a difference. I'm not just throwing a spanner in the works. There is a difference <laughs> between our front three. I've got it written down on paper. I can prove it to you. But also, I put Patrick on the left-hand side because I couldn't choose between Patrick and Brennan Dickinson for a while. Mm. It took me a little while to uh, choose between the two of them, probably because I put Patrick on the left-hand side. Um, But I had a look at the stats, and uh, Dickinson's one goal and one assist this year, uh, and only 12 appearances. Obviously, he's been injured a lot, fair enough, but Mm -hmm. it does pale in comparison to Patrick's five goals and six assists in 36 appearances. So you would have to... Put, if you were doing a best 11, you would probably have to put Patrick 
on the left. At least I've put him on the left anyway. On the right, I've agreed with you. I've put JJ mm-hmm. on the right. The long throws are an asset, like you said. Um, it's worth keeping in the side, even though I feel like in the midpoint of the season, we were relying on long throws a little bit too much. And certain teams were very aware that we were going to throw a long throw and uh, nobody ever came for a short option. And that's quite annoying to me. That It's quite lazy. You know, just because you're going to do a long throw doesn't mean you shouldn't fake anything and try and deceive the opposition so it, it was looking a bit lazy to me but that's not that's not JJ's fault you know he's doing a job he's he's throwing the long balls in because he's told to throw the long balls in now it's the uh it's the Alessandra position that we uh we differ on to be completely honest mate because I've gone for a January recruit because I uh I put his stats down and sort of thought to myself if Ozzy Zanzala played the same amount of games as Luis Alessandra has this season, I think Zanzala would have scored a lot more goals than, Zanza, uh, than, than Alessandra has this season. So based on that, and also based off the fact that I really enjoy watching Zanzala as a player bully defenders, I put Zanzala in, in, in my uh, central attacking position. So why is, in your opinion, Alessandra beating Zanzala out of that squad? Uh, I'll be completely honest with you, mate. I completely forgot about Zanzala while I was taking the team. <laughs> <laughs> but that, now you've mentioned that, I've actually started to question my decision. <laughs> oh, well, 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 well. Bloody but hell, you know mate. what? You know what? I will stick with Alessandra because oh, got... I personally, oh, come on then, why? I haven't saw enough of Zanzala. I, okay. I just, I'd like to give him an extra season to settle in, and I, I reckon he'll be, he okay. will be quality next year. So come back to me next year, and it will be <laughs> Zanzala. <laughs> I mean, as far as far as things go, Alessandra has had so many opportunities this season. He started so many games this year and his goal tally is uh, barely in double figures, like you mentioned earlier. And two of those were from penalties. And I'm pretty sure most of them were from sort of like inside of the six yard box. I just feel like the return on Alessandra wouldn't be as great um, if Zanzala was given the opportunity to have those minutes. And also, Zanzala is the type of player that I like to watch more so than that sort of small, scrappy, um, uh, lower league sort of striker that we seem to find absolutely yeah. everywhere, sitting on everyone's bench all over this division. I, I do like Zanzala. He kind of he reminds me of uh, a bit like Jabo Abire from a couple of years ago. You know, tall, oh, can bully shout. them mm-hmm. and can obviously finished quite well and it's, it's been something that Carlisle have been missing since um Jabbo left obviously just someone who can bully straight about we've had that we we tried oh what's his name uh it was Bennett Bennett he was you know tall lanky lad uh he's yes. at Barrow now or he came from Barrow mm-hmm. I I hated him he was awful he was t- he was tall and he never went for a header it was like what I don't know <laughs> it was, he was frustrating to watch it was more about bringing the ball down to his chest and getting it yeah. down to his feet and obviously like looking, getting his head up and trying for goal. That was the kind of style that he liked to play. And he's been very effective since he went, uh, since he went back over to Barrow. It has, it has. Yeah, yeah. he has been good for Marco, uh, for Barrow, sorry. And uh, <laughs> it's another play we tried it with, uh, was Ryan Loft last year. Uh, the the Leicester Loney, who's, uh, I believe, at Scunthorpe this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he had he came into the squad. He came off the bench, scored that goal. 
against oh, I can't remember who it was against Macclesfield. It was it was a it was a late goal he scored, and um, I actually thought he was going to be quite decent, and then he just seemed to go on a really drive run of not scoring. I feel like that's what Gavin Riley was brought in to do at the beginning of the season. And obviously that hasn't worked out for him at all. And he's found himself over at Livingston now, I believe. Uh, yeah, somewhere, Liv- somewhere, somewhere, yeah. Yeah, Liv- somewhere Liv- over in Scotland. Yeah. And he's doing okay over there. He's, he's, mm. he's been given the opportunities and, and he's doing okay over there. What I really like about Zanzala, mate, is that he gives Carla United options. It's a different type of player than we've had before. And it's a good um, quality player as well as being different. You know, yeah. um, Coyote, Alessandra and Patrick, when they lead the front line together, there's not a lot of differences between the three of them. Now, obviously, Coyote and Patrick are kind of tall. Um, JJ's pretty pretty strong. I wouldn't say Patrick's very strong necessarily in a tackle against the big centre-half. But, um, I mean, the best goal of the season for me was Patrick's goal a couple of weeks ago where he picked it up on the halfway line and just ran with it and smashed it um, mm. past the goalkeeper. But, yeah, it's just Ale- Zanzala just gives you that something different that no- none of the other attackers can give you, including Scott on the bench as well, uh, including Brennan Dickinson that's out injured. Um, Zanzala's just got that something different about him um, and he can change the play whether or not he's coming off the bench or starting a game you can change your game plan based on bringing him on or pulling him off do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, no, he is he's a great player to have and I was I was surprised you actually got him from Crew because, you know, he's higher league and he, he'd scored, what, 14, 15 goals for Crew. Mm. I was I was shocked to actually get him because um, he was doing so well he's been great it took it took the Carlisle fans a little bit of time to warm to him. He was on the bench uh, for the start of his Carlisle United career. When he came off the bench, obviously he was playing what the kind of football that he plays. But because Carlisle weren't very wise to him, we saw a lot of uh, him giving fouls away, maybe because he was chasing after defenders and then pulling them back, and he was giving certain fouls away and things like that. So. And um, I think there was a game against, it was Morecambe, I believe it was against Morecambe when JJ got injured and instead of bringing Zanzala on, he brought Patrick on. So it made everybody feel like Zanzala was quite far down the pecking order in terms of the strikers at Carlisle. So there was not Mm. really much point bringing him in and spending that kind of money on wages for somebody that's like a third or fourth choice striker but obviously since then and since JJ's injuries Anzala's stepped up really well um he's he's won uh, at least two games off off his hard work alone because he was fighting during that terrible period that Carlisle were going through where we were just losing every single game he was the ray of hope up front that was willing to chase down those terrible long balls that were just aimless and over the top and he would force his way in and he would, you know, he would win the headers and he would knock the ball on. And then eventually the confidence grew in the, in the team that they knew that even if the ball forward was terrible, that Zanzala would maybe make something of it. And it was worth attacking with him and not leaving him up front all on his own, doing all the hard work. And then that's when the win started coming back again was when people were following Zanzala up, because they believe that he was going to win the ball in those positions. Well, uh, it was obviously good to have someone like that. It was just it was weird to see how how far down he was, like you said, in the pecking order. But it also it's also really good to see the team's depth. Obviously, we've got Brennan Dickinson, Alessandro, and all these other attacking options. 
But it was quite frustrating to see, obviously, the new player came in. He's trying to prove himself. It was frustrating to see him get pushed down so far by Beach. It was just confusing more than anything. I just didn't understand mm. what was what was going on. Why recruit in that position uh, when we've got so many options already in that position? And we were going through a, a pretty good run of form before he brought Zanzala in. I'm pretty sure it was just, just before we started that losing streak. And then he was on the bench for a lot of that losing streak. And then when JJ got injured, he was given his opportunity to push into the first team and then that's when we got to see how good he really was so I don't suppose I've been able to convince you to go with Zanzala instead of I'm going to stick with Alessandra I'm going to I'm going to keep my ground I'm going to stick with well all right well as as a gracious host I will concede and it's the only it's the only thing we've disagreed on I suppose um (laughs) so as a gracious host I will concede and I'll put Alessandra in the Blue Army podcast, uh, starting 11 team of the season. So we'll go through that team really quickly before we disappear, Jack, mate. It's pretty much the team you've got written down right in front of you, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want to go through our team of the season? Yeah. So obviously in goal, we've got Paul Farman, the two centre-backs. You've got Aaron Hayden and Reese Bennett. At the full-back positions, we've got George Tanner and Jack Armour. Going into the field, we've got Callum Guy, Joe Riley, and John Mellish. And then into the attack, we've got JJ Coyote, Lewis Alessandra, and Amari Patrick. Uh, Reese, I think that's pretty good, mate. I think they'll be pretty chuffed to hear that they all made it into our starting <laughs> 11s. Um, Honourable mention for me goes to Th- Thurman. Thurman. I think Thurman was, was good when he was given his opportunities in the midfield. Hmm. Um, an honourable mention for me, I'd say Nick Anderson. Obviously, he's, he has had his shaky periods, but he's been he's been good all year, and he's obviously been our team captain. So, <laughs> well, mate, we've uh, we, we've made it through to the uh, well past the magic hour mark, and I am buzzing with that, mate. So, all that's left to do is to thank you for joining me, mate. Thank you very much for coming. On it's the been show. great. It's been a pleasure, mate. All right, Loved and we'll, uh, we'll we'll definitely be having to get you back on uh, going into next season. Um, have you got any things on any players on your wish list? Uh, maybe uh, going into next season. I'm not. I'm not sure. No, not really. Yeah, maybe a few. Uh, look into the loan market a lot more. Yeah, I feel like loans can really boost this team. Yeah, I don't feel like we we take uh, advantage enough of some of the teams around us. I also feel like I was thinking about this today, actually, is that the owners just need to loosen the purse strings a tiny bit more, just a tiny bit more. I don't think it's going to take that much more for us to be able to step up our recruitment to the the outcasts that end up leaving teams like Newcastle, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, Manchester United, Manchester City, Leeds. There's no reason we shouldn't be picking up because other teams in our league are picking up these cast-offs. And, yeah, uh, we, I just, we just seem to fall behind on everyone, everyone feel, picks up these players. And... Yeah, I honestly feel the reason that we're doing it is because we're not willing to put up the extra three or 400 quid a week. I know the yeah. the owners are, are quite stingy with money, really, and it's frustrating to see because being this low down in football, you need to spend money. Like it, we've got it, it coming in, yeah. like we've got money coming in. We've got money from yeah. the Braithwaite transfer. We've got money from the Henderson deal that's coming in. I just don't know what's going on. I, I did actually see something on Twitter today. It was um, we've lost about six hundred k in ticket sales, and it's uh, that's quite nerving to see that we're losing that much, but. That's true, but that's every team in the the league as well. 
Yeah, we've we've obviously got the money. We need to be spending it and not, you know. It's for me, that statement, it. that statement it literally is saying to, to the Carlisle United fans, don't expect anything major in the summer. But I I kind of feel like they're using that as an excuse. Yeah, really. exactly. Don't expect, don't you know, we've got the money, but don't expect anything. It's that's it, that's it. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they've put that message out there because we're not stupid. Like we we know <laughs> that the stadium hasn't been open all season, so we know that you're going to be missing the ticket revenue. And if we mm. really wanted to find out ourselves, we could literally Google what the ticket revenue was last year because it's all yeah. the information's available to us, yeah, and yeah, we, yeah. we we could easily do the maths ourselves. So, and it's not like. The, that that makes Carlisle United special. Every team in the league has the same issue. Mm-hmm. It's, so yeah, these owners have frustrated me over the last couple of years. They don't spend enough money. They always seem to go for the loan wood. option or the free transfer. It's like mm-hmm. we've got the money to spend. Spend the money. Exactly. And there's players that want to play for us as well. Carlisle United in League Two is a very good team. It, if if you've been watching, I follow a lot this year. You can see how terrible some of the stadiums are that we go to play in, like Harrogate. Um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to throw everybody under the bus, actually. I'll just leave it at Harrogate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Harrogate game, uh, they got called off, what, three or four times because of conditions at their stadium. That's it. That's it. And it's just, it's so, it's so poor and it's just, it, it, it's just so uneven. Our facilities are some of the best in, in this division, bar teams that have like fallen mm. from grace, like Bolton, uh, sides like that. Um, we, we, we've got one of the better infrastructures. It's just not funded very well. They've got the, the skeleton is there. The body is there. It's just that mm. the, there's no injection of cash and, and it's starting to really grind on a lot of Carlisle fans. And it's evident that it's grinding on you. And it's obviously grinding on me. That yeah. They just need, if they spent an extra in wages, we'd have a, a much, much, much different team. It is, it is, it's really annoying to see that there's no, like, you know, it, I, I quite like to see some investment into Carlisle because you, you hear rumors of it every year, like a little bit of speculation, we're getting some investment and it never happens. And it's just frustrating. You, you hear all these other clubs getting big investments and going through the league. And it's just like, oh, well, we could do with that. And we're, we're a good club to invest into. Obviously, we seem to be pushing further and further every year. Obviously, this year we had a good push for League One that just went to shit, I'll be honest. But yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's been a torrid, it's been a torrid, torrid campaign. Next week on the show uh myself and the most regular guest in the world wills will be having our end of season party uh jack you're obviously invited to our end of season party now you're in the alumni of blue army podcast <laughs> guests so i will give you the details and if you're available you're uh, you're more than welcome to join us for our end of season party where me and Wills will be talking about everything Walsall at home at Brunton Park and uh, me and Wills will be talking about that and like I've said Jack you're more than welcome to come and join us for our end of season party but um, yeah I'll thank you again since we went on a little tangent there didn't we 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 nearly signed off nearly nearly we were flirting with signing off weren't we and then we, <laughs> then we went on our little tangent um but yeah thank you very much for joining me it's been it's been great mate sorry a bit delayed. um but yeah it's been great been a pleasure to come on I'll, I'll definitely definitely be thinking about that that end of season party beautiful mate beautiful well i might see you next week uh if i don't i'm sure we'll have you on again mate you've been a great guest so thank you very thank much you. For your time, mate. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it, mate. This has been episode 16 of the Blue Army podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. All right, Marrows, just before I let you go, we've got to take care of a little bit of business. I was teasing on the social media earlier on this week that I would drop another hint about who our first ever ex-Blues interview is with. So, here it is. Here's your hint. Here's your, here's your next clue. This particular ex-Carlisle United player of which we have an interview in the bag for, which will be released as part of our summer schedule, started his career at Hearts in Scotland. Okay, so that's your second hint. The first hint is on our Instagram. If you need reminded of that, you should go to our Instagram and take a little look. So again, today's hint for our special guest is that he started his career with hearts in Scotland. Now then, let's get on with business. The last thing I like to do on this show, apart from a cheeky secret blooper reel at the end, if you've never heard that before, that's worth sticking around for. Um, We'll see how many bloopers we've got this week. I might have just hyped it up and then realised that we don't have any funny bloopers this week and there won't be a blooper reel, but you can always go back and listen to past blooper reels. They are all pretty much hilarious, apart from the one that I got scared um, I was going to get banned off of Spotify for because there was a lot of swearing in the blooper reel, even though I did interject a swear warning at the start of said blooper reel. Anyway, anyway, sorry, sorry, getting bogged down in in silliness and stupidness. Yes, uh, the loud and local segment is becoming its own little monster of its own and if you know a band and you know uh, an artist and they've got mp3s of their music please send them or let us know or let them know to send them to us at the blue army pod at gmail.com again that is the blue army pod at gmail.com and also if you've got a joke of the week for us um Give it over. Let us have a go on it. Go on. I'll tell you a joke for you. Or send us a voice clip to the Facebook page, which is the Blue Army Podcast, or the Instagram page, which is also at the Blue Army Podcast. So if you want to contribute towards the show, come and get involved. I am not discriminatory in the slightest. If you want to come on and talk about football, let's have it. Come on and talk about some football. If that's what you'd love to do, I want to do it with you. Okay, this probably got weird in that little <laughs> segment there, um, so I'm going to push off, uh, I'm going to leave you alone, I'm going to leave you with this week's loud and local featured artist, which is Dale. Uh, Dale is an amazing freestyle rapper, this is one of the freestyle raps he has in his locker. And if you want to hear more of Dale, you should go to his Instagram, which is um, somewhat probably on the internet somewhere. Um, I'll put it in my bio. I'll put it in my bio. <laughs> I'll just put it in the bio for the show. Uh, I can't be bothered redoing this, to be honest. I haven't got enough time today. So thank you very much for listening. This was episode 16 of the Blue Army podcast. Next week will be the end of season party with Wills and, of course, a little bit of match analysis about the walls. All game, so I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing Wills. Looking forward to see if anybody joins us for our 
our end of season party. There will be Zoom invites getting fired out to people who are interested in being a part of it. And uh, hopefully schedules and times will align and we'll be able to have a few of our past guests come in and join us for a couple of minutes during our end of season party. Anyway, handing over to Dale with uh, with his amazing freestyle skills. Take it away, buddy, and I'll see you all next week. Bye for now. Dale, Mr. Most Started. Most Started coming soon. Alex on camera. Shouts on my ones. Ah, 301. Look, um... They never thought they all could mature If it's rap or grime, that's Donny on form Indirects got me like, are you sure? Lockdown got all these waste guys bored Used to find my way through the window Then I put my foot through the door They laughed at me, it weren't to my face Right now I could show them how calm it tastes Like, if you miss half a fix, my bro Catch a bitch lapping, get sent home Still acting a god, get sent to the shop Quarantine got me in my zone Me and them don't hang, but I'll tighten the noose Dangle them in front of real high views Drop them off the edge of skidoo Drive to the lakes like off I zoom Lockdown vibes, she undressing on Zoom 4K TV, she lights up the room off her feet, I'm holding the broom, met her in a stick, she'd keep her too, asked if I wanted a drink, thank god she didn't say woo, woo, she likes what I did there, big dick, make her sound just like Ric Flair, toss and turn on the pole with big hair, big back, come show me what you're made of, jump in a spaceship, we might take off, go home, roll up, have her on bake off, you know what I made of, she got thick lips, trying to eat my face off, waste not, want not, that's not a side dish, that slab is a fine state, crime rib like high grade, my strain, blow out your brain, have a nice day, no time waste, got my mind on a time frame, I do fine doing my mate, one man band, I just added additions recollected my thoughts and hindered how could somebody think they could beat this my flow sick like the world as we see it man best believe it uh, higher peaks i hope to achieve it nightmares will i sleep so i can't say i dream it leave it scheming and cling feel meaning feel it peel it till man offer appeasing why is man talking about peas when wait on that can't give clout to a team of dumb guys i undermine their sunshine can't rip on me i'm above the clouds with a stars guide good energy when i'm on mic can't bad by me when i'm inside Bombs on deck, we got high at the seaside Bombs on deck, we got fire for me guys Might just put out a verse for the meantime Like, look, I ain't got a bird like Flappy Couple G's in a line, man, I'm ego dappy Still give me the mic and a pint, I'm happy Putting work for the night, no slacking I've been about, came from rubble I grew from the ground, got too quick I should feel younger right now Planted a sound like seed and it grew from the ground And yeah, things back then were mental Now I grew old OJT with lentil So for sleeping, yin yang central Me and a North Korean girl got sexual, huh? Kim Jong-ho, I'm a god in my own eye mind Past life was straight one unfed belly and the light gets petrol Pass me the mic, I got a rhyme for the menstrual Ain't got the mind of a next tool Tell a fake boy, kids better not best you One better off as the one that begs you Move through, no nods to a who's who Who's who, when your whole squad roll through Roll through twice in case no one knows you Land a six when you roll one, dice out of two Dale, most started coming soon Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.